Blackman. You need Bradford to get some help at the wide receiver position. You cannot Mel, take him. Uh, Mel, take you're getting so much trouble running an organization because you need, need, need. Take the better football player in the long run. It works out. Between the two. You're splitting uh, hairs. I'm not, you're not splitting hairs. Blackman's not, I'm not very splitting. good or he's overrated. You're telling me he's a real good player. He's right, right there with he's Claiborne. He's not elite. Bradford Claiborne needs him. is you're in the elite. money to your quarterback. Help your quarterback. He's getting the big time money in a quarterback driven league. Why are you yelling so early today, Matt? We have a long day ahead of us. I'm saying Claiborne's in the elite class and Blackman's a very good football player. That's all. Come I'm on. Saying. It's not that much difference between those two at all. Come on. All right. Well, you two were talking about the very best. Ryan and I have what it takes to get it done. I think we do too. Let's fucking go. So let's get into it. And we decided our first move to fix the Browns uh, is go out there and spend that big salary cap that we have available to us and go get Kirk Cousins and get us a franchise quarterback. For real, man. And it makes sense, too, as you said in the last podcast, Kirk Cousins of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I mean – It's not a bad fit. not like we're reaching too far. Yeah, I mean, we just haven't having trouble to drafting one and getting them to work out here. So let's go get an established guy in Kirk Cousins who's proven to be a good NFL quarterback, and Mm -hmm. we're going to – convince him we're going to talk to him tell him we have these five picks in the first two rounds we have all this room to get pieces around him we have a franchise left tackle for him yep josh will be there for at least three years yeah so um i think we go out there we offer kirk cousins really whatever it takes to get done but i'm thinking around 30 million a season and bring him in 30 31 or 32 Hell, if it takes 35, I'll do it to get him into this building. Into your house. Yeah. Get him into um, the house. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think so too. And I think also um, it just solidifies a position that now we don't have to worry about drafting. We can focus on literally best player available. I think that's just like the biggest thing. Yeah. And the money so we don't have to go elsewhere. Exactly. And I mean, now that we have a guy – we don't have. We can go out and get whoever we want in the draft. We don't have to worry about taking Rosen and him not wanting to play here, or taking Darnold and him not working out. We can go ahead and just get our quarterback and draft some of the best players available at the top of the board when we and when we get into the draft. Mm. Yeah, for shizzle. Um, I just think you know it leads way to our first round pick, and we talked about who we wanted to draft. So I think we should, you know, it's a good time to get into who we wanted to draft. Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about our first round picks a little bit before we jump into free agency because we have some plans here. Mm-hmm. Um, we are planning to get the best player in the draft first overall, something that hasn't happened in a long time, and taking a running back with the first pick. We're going to take Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason not to look at the court. Look at the, I'm sorry, look at running backs getting taken right now in first rounds and just in any round, really. The rookie running backs are so utilized in this today's NFL. Why not just take what the first pick if we already have a quarterback? We don't need to do anything else. We don't have to waste anyone's time and take fucking Sam Darnold or Josh Allen, fucking the Walter football. Are you kidding me? Saquon Barkley is a game changer, man. He's the kind of guy who could take a crappy team to the playoffs. I mean, he's going to help you in pass protection, he's going to help you. As a receiving back, he's going to help you, yeah. obviously, as a runner. He's going to help you as a kick returner if you want him to. He is everything you want from team. He's just going to make your team better. And that's something I want to sell Kirk Cousins on. I want to be Kirk. We're take getting you a freak of a running back that is going to make this team better. Yeah, we're going to get you the first fucking running back we can, man. 
Like, like that's some... that's important. That's a good selling point too, especially with that O line that the Browns already have. The O line for the Browns is not that bad. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good running backs in this draft, but none of them are Saquon. Saquon. No, yeah, there's always that one game changer. Like that was kind of the thing last year. Um, it was like, well, there's no really other four nets, or there's no other this, and it turned out that Kareem Hunt was the guy to take. But um, yeah, I mean, last year game. had a lot of good running backs, but like but this yeah, year, yeah. this year, I mean. Darius Geis is good. Sony Michelle is good, but nobody's even being spoken in the same conversation as Saquon Barkley. No, and no, nor, nor, nor should they. So I think that he will be somebody who can make this team much better. Uh, he's just one of the best prospects I've seen come out in a long time at everything he does. Uh, so let's go on and uh, let's go to the next position on offense who where we're going to probably try to address it through free agency at wide receiver yeah at wide receiver I mean this draft is not amazing for wide receivers we're not going to yeah. waste any like any easy time especially when we want to gobble up offensive line or defensive line earlier on and let's not waste our time with wide receivers let's sign there's a pretty decent receiver class out there Let's go sign some dudes. Yeah, I mean, this is a good free agency class in the draft. I mean, there's some good wide receiver twos. There's some good athletic guys who we can take later who might work out. But yeah, there's nobody I love as just a freak player who could, who can take over for you. So we're not going to worry about that. And we're going to see if we can find somebody in free agency. The thing is, everybody wants these guys. So as the Cleveland Browns, we got to convince them to come to us. And that's another thing about signing Kirk Cousins, a receiver. He sees that. Oh, so you have a solidified good quarterback. Yeah, I can. I can do that. I can go to the Browns. It's going to change yeah. things, man. It's a game um, changer, especially if you have a running back too. You just have to think. Look at teams that don't have a running game. Can you think of one team that could use a running game? And that'd be really I mean, good. They have a good passing game. I was just saying. Think about having a running game. And the Shaquan Barkley thing is a sell too. If you if you make it noted that you're going to draft Shaquan Barkley. I think receivers would be like, okay, well, this running game is solidified too. Like, I could, that's definitely a piece. So, yeah, right. for sure. Uh, but anyway, I mean, we have to get that signing for us. And I think that we go out there, we make inquiries to all the top three guys. I mean, there's definitely a top of the pack tier in Jarvis Landry and and uh, Allen Robinson, Sammy Watkins. I don't know who's going to actually be available from their team. Yeah. But, we were talking about this earlier before the show. I think the Browns should go hard at Sammy Watkins. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. I mean, you saw that he did well in the Rams offense. You know, they're going to change things up. Let's go ahead and get him. He's a good receiver, and it's not you're not wasting too much in signing him. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he was necessar- necessarily did what people hoped that he would do in L.A. with how well that offense did, which is why I think the Rams might cut loose with him, though. And he is still an amazing talent. He has shown such big flashes at times that he could be one of the best receivers in the NFL. And what? Let's go get him. Let's. We have the money to take a chance. He's 24 years old. He's a good player. He manages to stay healthy for once, which is really important. So I'm gonna go out there, offer Sammy well, Watkins a good chunk of chunk of change to come to the to come to Cleveland, and see if we can make it happen. To be that number one, and a little, just a little caveat on that. I mean, he did have eight touchdowns in an offense that was spread around as fuck. Everyone got the ball in offense. Like, they really sure. spread people around. So it's not. He really came like, on at the end. If you look at his yards, he had about 595 yards. Um, he, that's not impressive. 
Like you look at the that's not great, but like the, everyone in that offense touched the ball, so they really spread around. And he he scored eight times. That's impressive. Yeah, me. and the, and note the thing is about Sammy. He got traded there at the end of preseason. He never had a chance yeah. to build chemistry at that Didn't team. He him. never had a chance to learn the system. He had to come on there, step in, and expected to be a good player. And, and if he, he was come in, in all his rights. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't what they wanted him to be, but he was good. Uh, I think with the full offseason of Cleveland or any other team, I think he could really develop into the star that he has been touted to be for so long. Yeah, and you know, like, and just not even – we're not signing him to be Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss. Asked. We just want a solidified wide receiver position, and I think he would bring that, especially, you know, he, he, he has that potential, and he just showed a season where he's fully healthy. This is the time to sign him right now. Yeah, your hands on get, still can. You, you can get him a little bit cheaper right now. And matching up with Josh Gordon, I mean, first of all, Josh Gordon's a great player we can have, but he's had a lot of issues, and you don't want to rely on him definitely being your guy. But, I mean, if he is that guy, doesn't mean you don't want Sammy. Sammy and him together could be crazy, but you want you need somebody, and you gotta throw you got to throw your darts, and you got to hope that you can get your, your big receiver. I mean, you just can't rely on Josh Gordon anymore. There were so many times where it was like, okay, well, he'll be here. Oh, he tested positive. And, like, what, where do you stand on weed? It's like he kept messing up. Yeah. Every I mean, time. It seems like he's finally getting it together. But, I mean, we'll just have to see. It's a wait-and-see game. Um, I hope I hope he does figure it out, but we don't know. No. Possibly if we somehow strike out on all these guys, which we it's not the plan here, but another guy who could – bring a spark to this offense for Kirk Cousins would be a guy like Taylor Gabriel. Fuck yeah, man. And especially too, because he has um, kind of a repertoire with the Browns as they did sign him as an undrafted free agent. Um, And he was the kick returner and he, he did reasonably well, but then he went to the Falcons and he exploded around that Shanahan offense. And he's still did really well in his own rights. He's a very good role player to have. We can utilize Mm -hmm. him in our offense, especially with Shaquan Barkley. It's kind of like, I mean, I could just imagine the plays we could run having Kirk Cousins, Taylor Gabriel. I mean, that I would love to get Taylor Gabriel if we could because he's such a little Swiss Army knife. It would be perfect for that kind of offense. Yeah, and then I mean, you don't have to spend the money that you're spending on these top guys. I mean, I no. don't think we can necessarily afford to get both of them. But if we strike out, Taylor Gabriel is a good piece who we can rely on in an offense. Like you said, he we took him as an undrafted free agent. That means he chose to be at the Browns. He could have had gone to a lot of teams. He chose to yeah. go to the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. We're going to make him choose again. And I think you can. Like, I think you easily can. Once you get the word out, we just signed Kirk Cousins. We just brought this homie in. We're taking Shaquan Barkley with our first pick. I think that's like – the receiver's like, okay, let's fucking go, man. Let's get this team rolling. Yeah. And I think and I, that Taylor Gabriel was – that'd be explosive, man. That'd be expo- – that would be, I, I would love to have Taylor Gabriel. I am a huge Taylor Gabriel fan. Um, just seeing what he can do, how he can attack offenses. And he's got good hands, too. It's not like he's just this like fast guy that you just dish the ball off to. He's got good hands. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people won't might not be super high on him because, you know, he's not that like that fantasy football-type player. But, I mean, he helps he all offenses he in. He, helps. he, doesn't, have, he doesn't have the eye-popping stats, but you can't leave him alone. Like, no, he helps. He him burn you. He helps offenses. He brings something to that team. You know that uh, Kirk Cousins likes having that speed receiver on his team. He always um, has. Yeah, he says Sean Jackson, Crowder, like he's he's done well with those guys. So I mean, bringing a Taylor Gabriel in, hey, that's a that's a hell of a conversation prize if we can't get one of these top three guys. Absolutely, and then just too, um, we can build our receiver core. And then this is also Josh Gordon 
hopefully still on the team. We're anticipating him being on the team. You know, Taylor Gabe, I think, would be an amazing addition regardless of what happens receiver-wise. Like, we should try to get him regardless, but he's also a good fallback plan if we don't get any of them. Because it's a very good possibility they don't. Sammy Watkins can be like, well, I'm not going to go to the fucking Browns. Why do yeah, that? he's in L.A. I mean, come on. Yeah. I'm not I'm not necessarily expecting a lot. I do think we got a good shot at Kirk Cousins. He's from Michigan. It's the general area. We've talked about all this already. We don't need yeah. to go back into it. But the wide receivers are going to be tough to bring in. And Gabriel, I think, is somebody convinced. And then another guy I brought, we brought up earlier uh, to each other was uh, Terrell Pryor. I mean, he yeah. had yeah. such a bad year in Washington. Historically bad. That was, that was but, terrible. But, that was fucking awful. I mean – History's shown that the only time he's Terrell Pryor succeeded was with Hugh Jackson. I mean, Oakland yeah. as a quarterback, or he, he got a shot in Cleveland with when uh, he got shot in in uh, Cincinnati when when he was there. He just get he always ends up with Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson loves the guy, and I think that he'll bring him back in. I mean, he already has a little bit of repertoire with Kirk Cousins. I know it didn't work out so well, but maybe. Hugh Jackson this time around can make it work with Kirk Cousins and give him that target that they're hoping to have in Washington. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to work, but I mean, if we can get him at a vet and which I think is very realistic after his injury and this off season, I think he, he is a good grab for Cleveland. I think so too. And especially when like, let's say we're going down we're, me and you were going to go sign to our I don't think he is really trying to go anywhere else. I think this is, he knows this is where he succeeds. It's yeah. kind of like the Josh McDaniels thing we talked about last time. Like, Josh Daniels, he knows he succeeds in New England. Why leave? We can be like, we still have Hugh Jackson. Just come on back. We're signing. I, I think it'd be great. And he still carries weight from last year having his 1,000-yard season, I think. I think that still carries some merit. So, it's like, that would, that would be also an attractor for other free agents. Like, okay, this team's kind of building up. Yeah, and not to mention – not they, huge, by the way. It's not huge, but – Yeah, I mean, not yeah. to mention they tried trading for Trail Pryor at the trade deadline. So they yeah. obviously like him. They obviously want him. So why not go out and grab him? All I right. think we could, too, after our 240, you know, yards uh, season. Yeah, I agree. So so uh, we were talking about offensive line. I mean, we were looking around at it, and Cleveland's got good guards. That's one thing they definitely do. They paid Zeitler, Zeitler the most money a guard's ever been paid in NFL history last offseason, and they dra- and they drafted uh, what uh, Bettino, I think in the second round. Like, was it last year or two years ago? He's been pretty w- good for them. I think they're set at guard. They got uh, Joe Thomas coming back at left tackle. They don't have a bad offensive line spot. But one spot they are struggling is ever since they lost Alex Mack, they haven't had a good center. Yeah, no, they, they have not had a good center, and that's a huge, huge position to have. Um, yeah, so he's the leader of the offensive line. J.C. Treader is just not going to get it done for him. And that's not that's no knock on J.C. Treader. It's just like you want to have a more solidified guy. And um, I think you had a good idea, so let's talk about it. So my pick was Weston Witchburg because as a Giants fan, I've seen this guy play a lot. Uh, and I'll tell you, the Giants are not going to bring him back. We he we don't have the money to. We're trying to focus on other parts of the offensive line. We have a cheaper option, a center, who's just been a better fit in our offense. And it's no knock on Reston Richburg. He is a great, great pass blocker. But he just has not been able to run block for us. But with two strong guards like that, he won't need to be have to be such a uh, – uh, good run blocker because he has guys who can help him and he can he's like a catch an avalanche man you know 
he's very athletic. He's very athletic in some senses of run blocking. He can go out, he can get out there on screens. He could, he's one of those centers that can pull, which is very rare uh, to get a center that's so athletic he can pull. Uh, Western Richburg is somebody I think you can get on the cheap after he got, he lost his job this year, even though it was mostly because of injury. I think you can go out and get him for like $8 million a season. I think that'd be a great grab for the Browns. Uh, I just I think that's such a smart play for them. I think that could really help bring that offensive line together with what they have already. Yeah, I mean, and just it's detrimental to build on both sides of the line, especially offense, especially when you're getting a new running back like we are, um, <clears throat> and get someone with some experience too. Uh, I think that's also important. It's kind of hard. I know the Colts; uh, they drafted that center out of Ohio State. He didn't have the best season. And that's because he's a rookie. So well, you know, he had a very good season, but they got hurt this year. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. He got hurt. You're right. Um, but he, he but, was good as a rookie. Then he got hurt in his second year. That's good. All right. Well, anyway, I'm just saying it's always good to get someone with good experience. Um, that's why I also recommended Travis Swanson. Yeah. For I almost think the Travis... same reason. For literally almost the same reasons as you. The Lions aren't resigning him. They have a cheaper option in Graham Glasgow. Um, and he's a skilled guy who could play center for you. Yeah. They would well, he's, more of a, he's more of the run blocker, which is ironic because the yeah. Lions can't run the ball. But <laughs> they've never been able to run the ball. But so I, I, I don't know how you can be defined as a run blocker. But I'll say this I do like Travis Swanson. He did a very good job when he was in college. I was a very big fan of him. So mm-hmm. uh, I do think that he would be a good good grab, too. Uh, I just uh, don't think injuries, he's yeah, he did have some injuries. I think Richburg's a better move, but I don't think that's a bad uh, bad looker either. So, uh, and let's go on. And I think that's all we had for offense. So, well, we wanted to discuss, like, I mean, offense. We still have that a uh, little bit more offense going on, though. First pick in the second round. That's true. But, uh, yeah, we do we do have some uh, in the – as far as other picks in the first round – we were – I was going to get to that, but we do have our second-round picks where we were looking at a couple of offensive linemen that we wanted to help address with it. We uh, – you want to talk to them a little more about it, Ryan? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely do. Um, so with the first pick in the second uh, round, I was thinking that we could target either Orlando – the way I see it, we talked about this before, we want to ta- uh, target a tackle. Our guard, as we've just been talking about, is pretty much set. Let's target a fucking tackle. And the two ones I'd like to target with the first pick in the second round is either Orlando Brown from Oklahoma or Isaiah Wynn from Georgia. Um, Orlando Brown is more – he's just a tackle. He's not really transferable. But he is a better tackle than Isaiah Wynn. The reason I would want Isaiah Wynn is because of his versatility to play guard, center, and tackle. And I yeah, think that's important I do- with a young team. I do like Isaiah Wynn. I honestly am not a big fan of Orlando Brown. I didn't talk to you too much about this because I want to save it. Yeah. He reminds me a lot of Eric Flowers, which I do don't think is a good thing at all. He is a no, very <laughs> he's a very big guy. I mean, six eight, three sixty. I mean, he he's gonna probably blow away everybody at the combine with with his numbers on the bench press. Uh, he's pretty athletic, but man, his footwork is terrible he's he just gets killed by speed rushers i think he could learn to play right tackle in the nfl i don't see him as a left tackle but the one thing i would say is that uh joe thomas 
is if anybody's going to get the best out of his players, it's going to be Joe Thomas. Thomas. That is a leader as fuck. Mm -hmm. And he could end up – he doesn't need to step in his left tackle. He could learn from Joe Thomas and then step over or just take over at right tackle. I think Orlando Brown is worth a good pick in the second. But I also like Isaiah Wynn because I think Isaiah Wynn, even though he's on the smaller side, I don't know if he could play right tackle as he's only 6'2", but he – is a very good blocker. So, I mean, I think there's thoughts to go either way on those uh, in the second round. You're not getting – it's hard to get a bona fide stud at the offensive line in the second round, but, I mean, we're picking pretty early. we got a shot at it. Yeah, well, I think the same thing is why I want Orlando Brown. I think he he can go play right tackle, and I think what we're trying to draft for is that tackle position. Yeah, I mean, I see him a little bit as a DJ Fluker type thing where he he could he honestly could see him play a little bit of guard just because of it's not not like he did in the NFL, but just because he's such a mauler. I mean, it just it just depends. No, no, I agree. And then um, that's, you know, that's off of the line. Yeah, I mean, try try to build on that. We do think that there should be some late round like throws throws at these guys. There's some guys we like late. Uh, yeah. There was uh, one guy from Pitt that I, that I brought up to Ryan. Uh, his name was uh, Jared Jones-Smith. He has like a 7-4 wingspan. He played right tackle for Pitt this year. He's a, he's He was pretty solid. He wasn't anything special. But, you know, guys like that are people that the Browns are going to want to take as they try to develop this in the future. But, yeah. I mean, taking someone like that, too, you know, just his size alone, it's very coachable in the NFL, especially with Joe Thomas. And you can always try to plug him in. And it's not like you're moving him over from left to right. He's been a right tackle for the past couple of years. Drafting him into that position could work out in our favor. Exactly. So, you know, just it's just worth taking, throwing some darts and hoping you get yeah, you make a hit at somebody. Mm-hmm. So next we're going to move on to the defensive side of the ball, where I honestly think Browns do have some pieces to build forward on. Which has been happening over the past couple of years, though. I mean, that's not, you know, this is nothing. I mean, look at look look at their edge rushers right now, Miles Garrett and Emmanuel Ogba. Just their two starters. We loved Ogba last year, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, I I was a huge fan of Ogba when he came out. Uh, I think Ogba came out two years ago. Um, correctly. I have to double check. But when he came out, we loved him. I'm just saying they have a really good edge rusher right yeah, now. Yeah, 2016 he came out. I loved yeah, okay. Emmanuel Agba. He reminded me a lot of a Justin Tuck type build to him. He was a uh, he's a very fast, big, strong guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a perfect four three defensive end in my mind, which the Browns do run. Mm-hmm. I think that. I don't think it's time to give up on him yet. Like people are like the Browns need to get pass rushing. The Browns needs to get pass rushing. Yes, they do. I mean, Miles Garrett didn't show up like he needed to this year. Emmanuel Agba didn't show up like they needed to this year. But it doesn't mean that they they don't have a ton of talent and a ton of potential. I mean, this is a young team. Oh yeah, and like let's not forget. I know Miles Garrett had that like foot. He had a foot injury, right, to start the season. Yeah, it was some so. sort of injury. Yeah. So I mean, and I don't want to. I don't like giving excuses to like why they didn't do well, but also just give them time to grow and you know just let let them develop into players. They were taken for a reason, and uh, they also have a uh, Nasib too, who's also very good. Yeah, I don't I was... think that they're in a terrible spot with defensive end. I'm sure you could stand there, go sign somebody, or maybe draft someone in the fifth round, and just kind of keep rotating them in and out. But they're not they're not hurting on the they're not hurting on edge rushers. If I had to think of teams 
that needed an edge rusher, I wouldn't think Browns immediately. Yeah, I mean, peop- I do think that they could help up, like improve from it, mm. but it doesn't mean that I don't think they have the talent in the roster to go out there and be a good pass rushing team next year. Who knows? I mean, like you said, we need to you know, wait for these guys to develop. I mean, Carl and the Sib came into college uh, trans- and stepped in. The quarterback, right? Well, his brother was a quarterback. He he was. Oh, I thought he the, came into it as a quarterback. All right, never mind. No, but um, he I don't believe so. At least, uh, <laughs> but he was a walk on it at Penn State. Yeah. He eventually got to start his senior year. He went from having two sacks his entire career to leading the country with fifteen point five. I mean, with nineteen point five tackles plus. I mean, this guy. I was a huge fan of coming out and. You just need to give these guys time. Like, like he took time in college develop. You're going to take time in NFL develop. It's a whole new yeah. game, and you can't just count these guys out so fast. Yeah, especially when, like, you know, in an organization like the Browns that are kind of putting musical chairs with, like, their coordinators and defensive staff. Like, yeah. Let these guys plan out. Let them develop. Um, you know, and, like, they have the they have the, the um, potency – and they have the team to develop with the right coach. And I think I think they're on their way. I know I talked about this last year when they were going 0-16, and I said, honestly, they're not that bad of a team. I still think that. I really don't think they're that bad of a team. I think they have the pieces. I think they drafted a lot of talent with not knowing what to do with them. They need they need to figure out what to do with, do with them. But, I mean, we're going to draft the pieces that they need to fill, and we're going to get this – we're going to get – New coaching staff with Todd Haley and people like that in here to try to fi- try to figure this out because they haven't done a good job of the place. I, like for example, I think Jabril Peppers was just a thoughtless decision. I think they took him purely because he's an athlete and not because they knew what to do with him, which is not but, how you want. Let's to be honest. J- J- as much as I had fun watching with Michigan, Jabril Peppers. Um, draft stock was so bloated because like he played all these positions like he played quarterback like twice he played running back a couple of times like it's not that, that crazy yeah. he's he's like he was like an okay he was a pretty decent safety I mean he, he wasn't anything crazy I mean he's a definition of drag, jack of all trades but master of none and that's why yeah, exactly I mean he's we, we have him now and this is the cards we've been dealt so we'll work with them for now but anyway uh, people always talk about the pass rush on this team I think the one position on the D-line that does need to be worked is defensive tackle. I mean, yeah. have Danny Shelton, he hasn't really shown up to be what you expect me, but, I mean, he's a big body. He stuffs the middle. You know, I, I wish he was better, but he's he's a nose tackle. We need a – now we need a three-technique defensive tackle who can rush the passer a little bit. And we had somebody in mind. Do you want to tell him a little bit about it, Ryan? Um, I mean, we had a couple people in mind, to be fair. But I mean, I wanted I would I really wanted Nick Fairley before his hard problem. Yeah, but uh, the guy, but uh, in the second round, we were talking about Maurice Hurst. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. So um, in the second round, and we wanted to take Maurice Hurst from Michigan, and it was funny because when I first read that Maurice Hurst, when I it was so I read this on Wall Street Football, and it said Maurice Hurst rounds one to three, and I was like, that's fucking bullshit. He's predicted to go to the Lions at twenty, the twentieth pick in the draft. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I remember a time when Alshon Robinson was supposed to go 15th to the Lions, and he went 35th or uh, 45th to the Lions in the second round of that year. So with Maurice Harris, I think he could actually fall that low. And here's the reasons why. He doesn't really have a defined NFL position right now. 
he is could either be a D end or a D tackle. And that kind of bodes well in our favor because I think we can teach him that be that three technique defensive tackle. He does need to gain a little bit of weight, though. Let's be honest. Um, I don't know. He's a little undersized. Um, I, I think I think he's perfect for the Browns if we can get him in this spot, though. It, by the way, this spot is 35. So we've yeah. taken our offensive tackle. We're now at 35, um, and we are looking at taking Maurice Hurst. I think he's a perfect fit for this team. Um, kind of, They're keeping the defensive line young, too, which is good. I mean, Miles Garrett. Manuel Agba, and now you can add Maurice Hurst. I love having Maurice Hurst because of his versatility, what he did in Michigan, but he does need to work on a lot of things, and that's my only concern. Yeah, I agree. And, yeah, I mean, the Browns are in a great position where you can take an offensive line of the first pick, and you can then come back and get these types of guys who can slip out. I mean, every year you have these guys slipping out of the first round. And when you have like these top five picks in the first round, these are the kind of guys you can get. Uh, and you can, just afford, you can afford to take it, man. Yeah. I mean, he had 13 tackles per loss this, uh, uh, for loss this year and 5.5 sacks. I mean, it's exactly what you want out of a defensive tackle. Like him, like, I mean, you need a good pass rusher in the middle and, with Dan, a guy like Danny Shelton, who's not going to give you that at all, he's perfect to help that defensive line. Well, I mean, Maurice Harris is very disrupt, disruptive. That's like why you can, you can even he because he played some DM at Michigan as well. Yeah, he's he's, he's outrageously disruptive, and he's going to offset. So what Danny Shelton does bring to the table, he will bring to the table. He is like pretty much his opposite, which, which is, is great, great amazing technique. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and then. My only concern with Maurice Hurst, and I have a concern with the Lions too, because the Lions are kind of in the same situation um, with Ashawn Robinson. It's kind of like Danny Shelton. And with Maurice Hurst, he just needs to gain a little bit of weight because he is a little undersized for an NFL defensive tackle because he'll, he'll, he'll get mauled around by some of the guards there. But, I mean, just look at his stats. And then he had some games that were kind of eye-popping too. Like against Michigan State, he had 10 tackles. I don't want to look too far into that though. You know, I don't. I don't want to like look into like saturated That's stats. Crazy. That's nuts, though. I know. I know it's nuts, but like I don't want to look into that as a whole. I want. No. I don't know. But I like Maurice Harris a lot. I think he's perfect That's for thirty-five. It. It's a safe pick if we can get him. Mm-hmm. So and he's been good. Also, sorry, I like Doctor Maurice Harris. He's been good for like, three years too. He's not. This isn't like he just got good. Yeah. He's been good for three years. He's a so, very talented player. I think so, uh, he'd be a great grab. Like again. We luck. The Browns are lucked out. They have a lot of picks to make these guys to get these guys. So, I think that's a that's a good pick. Uh, let's let's go let's go into it because we have not really talked about who we we're going to get with our first round pick. We've been jumping around a little bit here. So, sort of recap. We took, yeah, All right. yeah. We took Saquon number one, and then the Browns also have the number four pick, and uh, we're going to go ahead and take Mickey Fitzpatrick. Absolutely. I mean, look what the Jets and the Colts. I mean, that's that's your center fielder for your secondary, and then he can play well with Jabril Peppers. I love the Mink Fitzgerald's pick. Yeah, I think he can uh, bring a lot to the to the team that Jabril Peppers can't bring. He is such a good coverage safety, and he is a winner. He went to Alabama. He's only known winning. That's what they do. He can bring that mentality mm-hmm. to the Browns, like, like the, what Jamal Adams brought uh, brought Lee to, and... yeah, what brought to yeah. the Jets. Like the Jets had such a winning mentality on defense, and that's exactly what you want 
with your team. You got to take these guys who all, all they know is winning and right. inject that into this this program. And that's it means why something though. it definitely means something. It's the same reason why people are trying to get people from New England. The same yeah. reason people are trying to get like assistants or like director of scouting to be like an assistant GM because they want that winning mentality, that no, you know, win at all cost mentality, which is amazing, which is a good thing. Exactly. So, I mean, what, what Jalen Ramsey brought to the Jaguars, I mean, it's just what you see. And I think that Minka Fitzpatrick is going to, would bring so much. You're taking on my board, my number one and number two player. So Quan's number one, Minka's number two. I think they're that talented. And let's be for real. The Giants aren't taking Fitzpatrick. Like they're, they're no, they're not. They're going to go after a quarterback. And you know the the I and I don't see the Colts taking him because the Colts just got Hooker. Yeah, they would never. That was almost they didn't even need that because like, the Colts have so many other things to work on. If anything, I would be worried the Colts would take Shaquan Barkley. That's, that's why. why we, that's why we took him first. Exactly. But, and the Giants. See the Giants taking him. Be honest. I don't. Yeah, I think Giants course. going quarterback. But if they're going another way, I think it's Saquon. You have to, dude. You absolutely have to. Yeah, I think you I take think, him number one. You got. I think the best part about this is, if we can solidify two positions uh, and on defense, having a center field safety is so fucking important to a secondary. And then if we can get Maurice Hurst, like that, that would be insane to me. Just anchoring down two positions on the defense, which would be amazing. Exactly. And we're in a position to do so. By the way, this it isn't would... like some radicalized thoughts. We are in the position to do that. The Browns have such a good situation if they play their cards right where they can rebuild this team this year. They have the cap room and they have the draft picks. And like, so there's other guys here that I like, like Raquan Smith is a good defensive player. But the thing is the Browns have great linebackers, like low key, the Browns linebackers played great this year. Christian Kirksey, only 25 years old, had 138 tackles and two forced fumbles playing weak side linebacker for the Browns. Schobert, Schobert, who they drafted a few years ago, young guy, 24 years old, 144 tackles, three forced fumbles, and an interception. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I don't know if everyone remember this, but I definitely remember texting you this, by the way. In middle season last year, I texted that the Browns had a top 10 run run defense. They did. They had a, like, I think it was, like, number eight. That was crazy. So their linebackers are clearly doing something. They, I mean, then not to mention that, that I'm sure that was right before Jamie Collins got hurt. Jamie Collins yeah. oh, was yeah, hurt absolutely. for a lot of that season, and they're getting him back next year. That guy is a freak, and another guy who can help get that winning culture on that team, which is desperately Patriots, important. Baby. Patriots, exactly. I mean, so I think, think about it. Not to no, I'm sorry, I don't want to go on like a tangent, but like think about like the Massic mentality. Remember, like not to go high school football on you, but wasn't there like a winning mentality installed at Massic when you guys were like 12 and 0? I mean. For I mean, like for example, I mean, for one, since I was a kid, we did not know how to lose. I mean, as yeah, the, I from that. from the day I signed up for football to the day I stopped playing, we did not lose more than three games in a season. I mean, nobody knew how, knew how to lose. There was a winning mentality, and that all I mean, that's what comes more from uh, from the youth programs, and that's where it comes from college to the NFL. It's 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 exactly. where you first started in the NFL too. Like you know, that's where you that's where you're hanging out in the NFL. But I think. This this is getting me so happy because I mean we're not even Browns fans, but if you can get someone anchor down that secondary and then have Jabril Peppers as not the main guy, that's awesome. Just have him roaming around out there and have Fitzpatrick or Minka Fitzgerald 
um, solidify center field, and I would love if we could get Maurice Harris. I was just thinking about it more and more since we talked about it. I'm like, that would be amazing. This if, would be if a- the Browns could get Maurice Harris, man. I, he just needs to gain weight. That's my big. I, I can't stress that enough. He just needs mm-hmm. to, or else he's gonna get fucking mauled in the AFC North. He'll yeah. get fucking torched, dude. But he is the he is the perfect three technique, and that's the only way. Oh, by the way, Maurice Harris is only gonna work in the NFL as such. He's not gonna be your do it all uh, nose tackle. No, no way. He can't. The only th- well, the only other thing he could do is he probably could play defensive end in a three force in a three force system. True, but that's nowhere near his strength. I mean, he yeah. could not have him. You can put him on the edge in like a high five-two like blitz area, but like don't don't try to do that bullshit because he just wouldn't be good. You'd just be, and the, the Browns don't need that. But anyway, sorry, tangents abound. All right. So, and then the last position we have left in this defense is corner, which they didn't have a bad bad corners this year. I mean, Jason McCourty's up there in age, but he was a great sign for him. He they're, played they're very just well. A little old. They're just a little he, old. It's not that. Yeah, bad. he brought some veteran leadership to that team, though. Um, and then Jamar Taylor did not play bad for him, but I mean, we were looking into this, and there's a lot of good corners available. I don't think the Browns need to go big and try to like get some star corner like a. Uh, Malcolm Brown or uh, uh, Malcolm Brown, Malcolm Butler, excuse me, or uh, or Tremaine Johnson, but you could go out here and get a Devonte Davis, who they've already interviewed, by the way, who has been very successful in the past. I mean, maybe he won't be that great. You can get Kyle Fuller, who had a great rookie year and hasn't been that great since, but he's only twenty six. Morris Claiborne, who had a who had a good final year at the Cowboys um, before he went to the Jets. Uh, David Amerson's had a couple good years. Prince of Mukamara. He's just so many options. And another one guy I liked was Dennard uh, too. Dennard. I also like Brett Grimes. Just get another veteran in there. I was saying, if you want to spend a little bit more money, you can go get EJ Gaines. I'm not yeah. opposed to that. I don't hate. I don't hate that. Uh, I think that'd be a really good pickup. And then also too, I, the guy I would also like. I don't want to interrupt your thunder. But Jonathan Joseph, I just for a leadership standpoint to have on that young team to, to mm-hmm. look up to, I think that would just be perfect. He's not the best, and I admit that, but as a leadership standpoint, I think that's perfect. I want some guys to reduce, but I see where you're coming from with that. But we do like the idea of the Browns not only have two first round picks, they don't not only have two top five second round picks, they also have another second round pick towards the end of the second round. So Three picks. I, ah, ah, ah. Uh, <laughs> I think they should go corner there. Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, we, I, they need to. And it's just because it's such like a dummy position to get. You can just solidify some youth in your cornerbacks because they were just a little old. And now you can kind of keep breeding him in to be the starter eventually under these guys. And he doesn't have to play right away is the best part. They can Trey Wayne's that shit. Remember mm-hmm. how the Vikings kind of like just kind of held it low key? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm more than okay there. But now who do we take? I think you go ahead and you you stick to this guys who don't know how to lose, and you get a guy who hasn't lost in literally a year. The only guy who hasn't lost all of this year, and you take Mike Hughes out of Central Florida. Oh, you mean uh, defending national champion Mike Hughes? From yeah, Central Florida. defending apparently, apparently Central Florida won. Br- bring on Bam. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be so cool. But they would have got their ass kicked. So <laughs> well, it's fine. No, yeah. it's okay. It's okay. No, I think they would have actually had to, would have had a pretty good game. I actually like Mike Hughes a lot. Um, he's got good height for a corner too. You know, five eleven. That's kind of like your perfect standard yeah. height. I mean, um, it's, it's it's not too small. It's not. It's not. No. I wouldn't say it's good height, but it's not bad height. 
No, but I'm sorry. By good height, what I mean is like he's not going to be designated to be um, like a Quandre Diggs who's like always in the nickel and then has to get moved to safety sometimes. Like you can have him. He can be versatile on you know inside and outside of the ball. So I think that's a good thing to look at in drafting a cornerback like this because you mm-hmm. have to put him somewhere. And if he's not going to be the immediate uh, number one guy, he might have to play some little odd corners, little nickel, little dime packages. So I think yeah. he's a versatile guy to have, and you can kind of mold him to your defense. He didn't play any crazy fucking defense. He wasn't playing like that. Who's in that college? I think it was Iowa State. They have like a three-three-five. Yeah, West Virginia so. does stuff like that too. Yeah, and that's not what Central Florida did. The best of my recollection. Yeah. So. But um, yeah, I, I like Mike Hughes. He had uh, he had eleven pass breakups, a forced fumble, four interceptions, and forty nine tackles. He has pretty good stats. Uh, he was a he was a very good uh, kick returner. He had two scores say, yeah. and a punt return touchdown. Just shows his athleticism. Uh, he could be a pick six threat with that kind of athleticism. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean. Not even pick six threat, but like he'll do something with the ball when he intercepts it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, his comparison uh, by NFL.com is Bradley Roby. And I think that could that would be a great Not a bad guy. comparison. Yeah. I mean, he's been such a good piece for the Broncos where he could start anywhere, but instead he's just that slot guy who just takes over for them. And if anybody goes down, he is the guy for them. Uh, right. I think I think that was a great grab, and I think that really could give you honestly five starters with your with your. No, I think everyone here is starting. I think you can get five starters. It's crazy if you could do that. I mean, I mean, you got like a a nickel guy. Maybe your right tackle doesn't start immediately if day one, but you got you integrate them in a system though. You got I mean, five you're guys going to play. Yeah, five guys that are going to be contributors, at least contributors. The only and the only the only the funny thing is the only question mark I'd have with playing wise is the right tackle that we'd take. That's my only yeah. question because like I don't know if it because it wouldn't technically count as a starter, but I know he'd get thrown in there for some extra run packages mm-hmm. or just to mix it, it up. Start. It just he it could depends. start. Yeah, it's it's just the one question mark. And that's only just because of the position, not because of his talent. I really really love the Browns. Their first five picks, it's so perfect. We're geniuses. We're gonna fix your city. Don't burn to the ground. Don't eat horse poop. And, um, <laughs> and we left plenty of money left for them to spend next offseason. Mm-hmm. You got your quarterback. Hello, your 2020 Super Bowl champions, Cleveland Browns. No. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I know you want to be like, yeah, let's do this. No, no, I'm not saying that. We'll see. We'll see. I'm gonna, um, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm going to rip this clip. And we'll, we'll play play in 2020. <laughs> I hope they go if they go. They, I hope they go 16 and 0 and then get beat by the Giants by David Tyree. That that sounds fantastic to me. So I'm good with that. But <laughs> they probably won't do anything. They'll probably end up drafting Josh Allen and just blowing it all like they always do. Well, right, because I mean, if you are a Browns fan, you need to save this podcast, send it to your fucking garbage organization, and then have them hire us. We'll run your entire organization. <laughs> uh, but anyway. I think we did a really good job, and um, also they're in they're they're in a good position to draft. It's kind of hard to fuck up, but the Browns have done it consistently, so you can never count them out um, of losing. <laughs> Just a little draft recap for us, if we can. Um, Shaquan Bark was our first pick. Slow yep. fire running game, and he's just a huge, huge playmaker, game changer. Uh, we're going to take a fourth pick. Uh, you talk about him. I know you like him. <laughs> 
to go ahead and take Minka Fitzpatrick. Just great, great safety. Really just lock down that secondary. He could he could really be a game changer for that for any team that takes him. But at number four, he's such just a great pick for him. Yeah. And we got a tackle with either Isaiah Wynn or uh, um, Orlando Brown. Both so, both good options. Uh, both bring different things to the table. Then uh, got Maurice Hurst, man. Maurice, Maurice Hurst, boy. Just gain some weight, man. Gain some weight. That's all I got to do. Mm-hmm. And then That's finally take my cues out of Central Florida. Which is great. I think actually, I think I'm trying to find like which one fits the best, but they all fit so well. It'd be all great picks. Uh, but to be honest, when we're talking about like Browns always fuck things up. They said, yeah, they do. But you know what? I love their signings. I think I thought John Dorsey was a great grab. I thought Elliot Wolf to be the assistant GM. I thought Elliot Wolf was a good GM choice. So get both of them. I really I'm hoping for them. I hope that they figure this out. I mean, good luck to them. Hopefully they 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 listen to us and uh, get the get this done. I wish them moderate luck, but uh, <laughs> but that, that was fixed in the Browns. <laughs> it's all right. It works. So let's go ahead. Let's move into it and go to our new segment, our weekly draft profile. Every week, guys, we're going to go ahead and take some guy who maybe is not well known or is just going to be a later round pick, and we're going to dig into him and give you a little bit of extra like review of these guys a little digging a little bit more do a little bit more film than we'd normally do on these guys as we're trying to just give you some base facts and we're gonna spend a little time on it yeah and i think this is a really good one it's really prevalent to like what's going on with smaller schools um let's just get into it let's just i'm, I'm excited i'm excited this is a really good topic um we actually retweeted this so sneak peek um yeah go ahead start it off man so dallas goddard i mean People are really starting – you're going to hear his name more and more and more. People are really starting to take notice. But, I mean, he's a D2 guy, uh, South Dakota State. You wouldn't necessarily know his name until draft season comes around, so the beauty of the NFL draft. And he he can – he's a freak, man. 6'5", 260. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. He, Good hands, too. Good hands, former high school basketball player. Yep, he was a, that. He, he was a stud. All those tight ends are. I mean, he reminds me a lot of what what we saw with Adam Shaheen coming out with just that big athletic yeah. tight ends. Yeah, and then like I mean, the good thing is that he's been playing football his whole life too. Um, you watch him run some of these routes. He was obviously the pinnacle of that offense. Uh, I didn't see anyone else do anything remotely close to that when I watched the game. No. Um, uh, and also too, you just have to think. I have to. I was actually thinking this. I was like, man, am I going to compare this fucking tight end to Gronk? Because every good tight end Gronk, but I'm like, I can't think of anyone else to compare him to. He like very Gronk-like comparisons. Yeah, we can compare him to Travis Kelsey, who also gets compared to Gronk. <laughs> yeah, who is pretty much just the Chiefs Gronk. I, don't, I hate yeah. doing it, though, because I'm like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, he's like Gronk. And I'm like, no, he's not. But, like, this guy kind of is. All right, he's officially a little Gronk. This has been decided. Officially, officially a little Gronk. You can stamp <laughs> that and send it in. Um, but yeah, he has great size, 6'5", 255. Um, he also went to the school that Zach Zanner went to. So yeah, cool facts. yeah, that's true. I, I was reading about him. There's some cool stuff about him outside of being a former basketball player. Uh, one of the things that people attribute some of if, when you watch him on tape, he's so like 
He's such good body control. He has such good hand coordination. He was taught how to ride a unicycle when he was very young. Oh, really? And, yeah, I mean, I don't, know I, don't, I don't think that's crazy to think that that really is shown in his body control. I mean, that – It's little things, man. I mean, like hockey players uh, take like ballet all the time. Mm-hmm. Like it helps them with their stride and posture. But when you watch him, he really does have great body control. He has hands that are – I don't – I can't explain where he got the – I mean, you don't have hands in a unicycle, so – but he <laughs> – Maybe but his unicycle you do. I don't know. <laughs> but he it was – Imaginary hands. That when you watch his tape and you turn it on, he gets one-handed catches all over the place. I mean – Yeah. Yes. And that wasn't it, – Defession yeah, that... too, but still – it was crazy. It doesn't matter. You just have to like those. That's still a ball being thrown in the air, being contested by three other dudes. Like, mm-hmm. That's that's impressive, regardless of where it is. It's impressive. It's just in practice. Yeah, I mean, so, he has highlight real tape. Like like a lot of people would have what he has almost every single game as the best catch of their career, and he does it consistently. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he doesn't consistently, and also too, I like how he finishes his play as well. Like, he never just, like, makes the catch. He always looks for a way to, like, rebound and go right back up and go to the end zone. Very never... strong runner. Yeah, absolutely, which is great. And I think my favorite part about him watching the tape, the way he gets separation off, like, a fast corner, is it amazes me because he gets, like, that great separation. He is very fast. I do think he could work on his route running. But... I think he has a restricted – his his stride seems, like, restricted almost. Mm-hmm. Not that it's – I think he has good route running but I think he has like a restricted stride. I think he has good separation at the point of the ball. So uh, at the point of contest, I think he gets the better separation. Yeah, think- you never really, you never really see him uh, make like a double move type play. He kind of he kind of shows where he's going whenever. Oh he, yeah, no, and mostly stream routes. He kind of just telegraphs where he's going. And it doesn't matter because he's so good. But in the NFL, he's going to have to be better exactly, off these yeah. corners and be able to get separation from. But, I mean, his stats in college are crazy. I mean, he had almost 1,300 yards in 2016 with 11 touchdowns, 92 receptions. Like, that's insane from a tight end. And then just last year he had 1,111 yards, seven touchdowns, 72 reception. I mean, he's just a freak. These numbers, you do not see these from tight ends. And yet he is just blowing people away. I I love him. Six hundred yard games in twenty seventeen. He really could be a star in the NFL. Yeah, he kind of reminds me like uh, Zach Ertz. Yeah, I saw I saw a comparison with him and Zach Ertz, and I definitely definitely could see it. He is. Yeah, go ahead. He's just he's he's a very good player. And with tight ends, it's not unheard of to see these guys come out of nowhere and just. Be from a small school or just be a basketball player. Yeah, just tear it up. Honestly, there's more of those guys. So, like, you got to yeah. look. Antonio Gates, man. He was just a basketball player at Toledo. Mm. Or, um, uh, Tony Gonzalez, too. Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, Jimmy Graham. Um, my only concern, my, my, my biggest concern with our friend Goddard from Jimmy Neutron um, <laughs> is that his blocking in the NFL is not going to be good. Like, yeah. That's my biggest well, concern. Well, I mean, he has size, man. Like he has size, and it seems like he has he has uh, the desire to block. I, I think he can right. be taught it. I don't think he's going to be successful as it, a rookie. I think that could restrict him from getting on the field early in his career. But yeah. not a lot of tight ends are great. Like 
right away. It it takes no, a lot. It's a project. You need a project. Yeah. Unless they were like an Aaron Hernandez type guy or a Gronk type guy. Even Gronk Evan, wasn't amazing. Evan Ingram. Evan, Evan Ingram. Yeah, Evan Ingram is more of a receiver though, bro. <laughs> True. But um, yeah, no, I, I like it. It's a great pick. And I think he's ranked in the second round overalls. I think he's kind of like getting a second round grades. Yeah. I can easily dip into the first if he stunts at the combine. People could be like, well, we need to solidify our tight end position as a red zone threat. Yeah. We can do that with him. I would, I'm looking forward to seeing him at the combine. I would love to see what his hand size is. I mean, I'm just big. I'm big on the hand size and with the combine. I'm kind of like – You're like Charlie's like, uncle. Yeah, I'm like Charlie's uncle with hand size. Oh, like, oh yeah. Sorry, we're just watching. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, thing. I, just, I really am obsessive, though. I think that if you have big hands as a receiver, a quarterback, whatever – it really does just help if you're if you're a skill player. It does help a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, big hands are just good anywhere outside of Always Sunny. But like, <laughs> uh, but just like it, it, even in just in the game of football, picking up a football, you can't have baby hands. Like, yeah. I mean, you can't put on your whole hands and try to play with football. It's just not working. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to see to seeing what uh what he does outside of his hand size um outside of his hand size we're all excited for that um i think i think he can really help teams but where do you think in the second round he's going to go because we've already discussed kind of with the browns what's going to happen with those first two picks or first uh three picks in the first and second round mm-hmm. where what because with a tight end it's not like people are just like oh best play available we'll take a tight end that makes sense because like they'll be like no we'll just take a cornerback or we'll take like a good defensive tackle so he has to kind of be in the right spot right time yeah. I don't know who's gonna reach for him because I think I don't think I don't think he goes in the first round. I think he could, but I don't think he does. Hey, there's there's always the pick that everybody gives for any good tight end ever and say he's going to the Patriots. That's true, and I wouldn't eat, first of all, wouldn't blame him, wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean with the way Gronk's talking about leaving, if they could get a chance at him, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that. But I mean they uh, are they gonna pick him in the first round? I don't feel like they would. And I don't think he's gonna be in the second round. So I mean maybe they trade out of the first round like they used to always do. So who knows? Yeah, back to their old bullshit. Uh-huh. But I'm excited I'm excited to see this guy. If you get a chance to watch his highlight tapes, I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's it it's fun to watch. Yeah, good good music video too. Yeah. I don't know which one you watch. I watched the 2018 uh, Jack's profile one. So Gotcha. I watched his career one. Oh, okay. That was pretty, pretty good. But uh, anyway, so that was our draft profile. Uh, hopefully we can, we can even dig more into these combine stats as we get farther ahead. I'm really looking forward and we can start using that. But I agree. I'm actually just going to tweet um, his draft profile out right now so you guys can look at it. Great. So, guys, go check out our Twitter uh, at NFL Draft Punks. Just look, look, look for the Daft Punk helmets. Yeah. All right. Let's dive on into our next thing. All right. So, we promised you guys we we're gonna talk about uh, these late round quarterbacks. So, me and Ryan both just picked out two guys. I told you a little bit last week about one of the guys I liked. But uh, let's go ahead and dive into them. Ryan, do you want to talk about your guy first? I fucking do. Um, I alluded to this last episode when we were talking about the Redskins, and I had brought up that I would like to see them take Riley Ferguson out of Memphis. Uh, Just a little backstory on Riley Ferguson. Uh, 2017 stats, he had a 63% completion rating, threw for about 4,200 yards, 36 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. 2016 is almost identical, 63%, same thing. But he had less yards, 36 uh, 
3,698 for 32 touchdowns and 10 interceptions in about the same amount of games too. So that just shows that he did develop some growth and separate that. Um, my favorite thing about Riley Ferguson is his release. His release is super, super bueno. I loved watching on the film. I watched a couple of games with him. I watched the UCF game, the UConn game, the UCLA game, and his release was always consistent. Being a taller guy, he has a high point of release, which will make it prone to, like, you know, he's not going to get knocked down as easily. It's not going to get tipped, which is great. It's obviously a good thing to have, and that's why people criticize quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield for being a little bit smaller. Um, so that was my favorite thing about watching him. Excuse me. He has a tight spiral. But, yeah, I'm in love with this guy. Uh, he's got good arm strength, good accuracy. Uh, his only caveat with his accuracy, under pressure, it fucking sucks. It's yeah. Under pressure fucking sucks. Um, but that's we'll go to the cons list pretty soon. Don't worry. Uh, he does get happy feet, which I love. He plants his feet, makes the throw. and But, you know, let's go into his cons now. His accuracy under pressure is not good. He'll throw a pick. He'll throw haywire. He gets just a little flustered. And you're going to get pressure in the NFL, and he needs to fucking fix that. So... Um, another con I have is mobility. He tries to like duck out of a tackle, which is not mm-hmm. what you're supposed to do. Like just just go down. If you're gonna go down, like if you're gonna get hit, you know, just go down. Don't try yeah. to do any fancy shit. You like who Josh Rosen does. Mm-hmm. When he knows he's gonna get hit, he just goes down. Yeah. And there was one there, he tried to like evade a tackle on a run play and he just got lit up. And it's like you can't do that, especially yeah. when you're two ten and six four, buddy. Yeah, not man. You're gonna get your you're gonna get your shit fucking wrecked. Um, so he doesn't slide, which I found was a little bit much. Another thing I wanted to point out is that he, at, his maturity was kind of in question for me. Yeah. Because when he was at Tennessee, so he, he had to get redshirted his freshman year. And then when he was going to Springs, he had no intention of returning to Tennessee in the fall, but he just didn't tell anyone. And he just left. Yeah. So like, that, that's, like I have to give him like a, low, a low mark for that. Mm-hmm. Like that has to carry over to some point. It wasn't that long ago. It wasn't like he did it when he was twelve. He was like yeah. twenty-one, mm-hmm. which sucks. But it's okay. My biggest problem with him though is that he locks down his receiver way too much. You know exactly where he's going to. His pump fake fucking blows. Like you yeah. know, like you know exactly where he's going to. Mm-hmm. Just watch a little bit of film. You can see, like you see him hitting that seam route. There was one. It was an obvious, obvious seam. They try to do like this fake um, screen pass to the running back. And then he's like, oh, oh, he didn't even complete his pump fake. Yeah. Oh. Like, which is bullshit. Sorry, you just, were you mm-hmm. going to say something? No. Okay. Um, and he relies on screens a little way too much, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm not saying is a terrible thing, but it's like you kind of want to see him sling it out because that's what you have to do in the NFL. You know, screens and short passes will get ate up eventually. And you're going to have to be able to sling it out. Um, my round prediction for him is three to six. Um, the reason why I say three to six is I think in most mock drafts he's from like five to seven. I'm going to say three to six because he has such like physical and innate abilities throwing wise and not under pressure. I think he's going to really stunt on some haters in the combine, and that's really going to raise his draft. You know how much that raises draft stocks. So I think they're going to show, oh, this guy's really good. And like, a big problem with him too is that he's really skinny. I think he can bulk up in time to make weight at the draft class. This isn't a fucking fight, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, for example, there was a guy, do you remember the guy, Nate Boyer? Yeah. The long snapper for mm-hmm. Seattle from Texas. Yeah. So they said at the East and West, like senior bowl or whatever he was, he was, he didn't go to the big one. He went to like another senior bowl. Um, he was uh, at 195 and they're like, okay, well you need to be at like 230 for us to even consider drafting. And he got that weight in like two months. So mm-hmm. I think that's the weight's a very controllable thing. 
Um, but yeah, I think why I put him at three to six, why I put him early, was just because I think he can step on some haters at the combine time. And I gave him some potential teams to go to, any conference. And I will tell you the team that would best fit him and why. Uh, NFC East. All right, good, good. Um, so that was what we alluded to last time, was going to the Redskins. He goes to a QB. It's, it's really simple, too. He goes to a QB guru, got Jay Gruden right there, and he gets Alex Smith. That's perfect for his development, I think. Because he doesn't have to start right yeah. away, and he shouldn't start right away. By the, like, in, in no way, shape, or form should you be putting Riley Ferguson right away. Get him to develop with Alex Smith. He has a pretty decent run game. He has some okay receivers. Not great. But you know, I think he can really develop under Jay Gruden and Alex Smith. I think Alex Smith thing is a maturity, and Jay Gruden thing he'll learn. He'll learn NFL plays. He'll learn how mm-hmm. to be a good and smart, precise quarterback. Alex Smith it will be a maturity and how to handle the NFL thing, as long as playing, too. And Colt McCoy is also there, by the way. So, yeah, you can give me one more conference because I have a whole list. One more. All right. Uh, one more. Let's go AFC. All right. AFC what? West. AFC West. Okay. Uh, this one's pretty simple. I picked the Chargers because Philip River, uh, Philip Ocean, actually, I put in this one, isn't a young and no more, and you have good receivers to build around him with with a good running game. So, if you need it, thinking about it with the Broncos, and I'm like, no, they're just going to stack up on QBs anyway. They're probably going to get a free agent. There's no reason to draft this guy. I would say the Chargers, just because of Philip Rivers' age and how you can build around the team. Because no one is taking this guy as the potential starter. They're taking him as a backup or someone that they can learn under, or someone he can mm-hmm. learn under and develop with. And that was wasting your time with Riley Ferguson. <laughs> All right. So. That makes sense. So I was a question. So you mentioned you had a good yes. re- release. You said it was high. Is it a fast release? Does he have a quick release? Or is he it, does. It, or it, is it so drawn he, out? There's no, wasted, there's no wasted motion when he throws. It's very That's quick, good. very precise. Um, I only, I guess my only caveat with that, the only thing is, though, he does throw a little high, but that's okay. I think that's okay. It's better to throw a little high than a little low. Mm-hmm. But. All right. Well, let me go ahead and tell you about my, we got in a little bit to yet last week, uh, Logan Woodside from Toledo. So, I like him Toledo, guys. Logan Woodside is just such a good story. I mean, it. he had a – He's had to earn everything he's got. I mean, the way he put it is he's like, like, like the life does not want me to be, to be a quarterback. And just, he had a fight to, he had to go into two different QB battles in high school to get a starting quarterback job. He had to go three in college. He only made it in college. He had no offers. He went out to a Cincinnati uh, quarterback camp and he came out and he won, won the whole thing. He ended up getting a job. He ended up getting an offer from Toledo. And he just lit it up when he was there, man. He, I love his tape. I was looking there. I mean, first of all, his stats are incredible. I mean, he threw for 4,129 yards and 45 touchdowns in 2016. But, yeah, a 69.1% completion rating. Uh he also threw for 3,882 yards and 28 touchdowns this year. You know, not quite as good, but he lost a lot of talent in Kareem Hunt and uh, Michael Roberts, who were both NFL players. Um, three or more touchdown passes in uh, in every regular season game in 2016. Um, 
she included four or more in uh, six contests, 24 completions of 40 yards or longer, 10 games with one or zero interceptions, nine games with 23 completions more. I mean, these stats are just nuts. But I looked into the – I mentioned this last week a little bit is what that – Competition he was in, he was in the State Farm QB accuracy competition. And uh, probably the top two, Josh Rosen and JT Barrett. There wasn't a ton of big names, but he was 22. He finished the competition in 22.54. And Logan Woodside finished it in 24.53. Very close. Not, Not too much longer. JT Barrett came in third place. It took him 43.55 seconds. It wasn't even close. And that's just how it went. Everybody after that was 40 to 50. Like him and Rosen's accuracy weren't even close. And then I I went ahead and I watched some tape on him. He played Miami this year. He turnover chain defense. He had a great game. I was trying to keep track of it. He had a couple big big throws. Let's see, he was made about three throws over twenty yards. He only made like one over thirty yards, but he was he was throwing those. He had three drops by his wide receiver at passes over thirty yards. He hit him on the hands and they dropped it. He had five drops of passes at ten plus yards. Just his team was just not helping him at all. And when I was looking, the only pass – I saw him throw about three not catchable passes the entire game. He th- And one of them was because he was falling at the time. And the other one I think was – another one I think was a misread with his wide receiver. He was putting that ball right on the numbers every single time he threw it. He gave his wide receiver a chance to come up with every single ball. He ended up finishing the game versus Miami. Very good defensive team. Two yards and three touchdowns. Which is amazing from a Toledo. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not going to say, like, one thing I wanted to look for with him is a lot of these college will just throw these dump-off passes. No, no, no. He threw some dump passes. He gets a lot of dump passes. But he also is not afraid to go deep with that ball, which I was very excited to see. His accuracy was incredible. Like there was one pass he made that was right down the sideline. It was like 40 yards. I mean, it was a little bit behind him. Like it was a little bit like short. He had to, he had to slow down his pace, but it didn't really matter. Uh, another thing that I wasn't too great though. I mentioned is he missed a, he missed a TD where he put it on the guy's hands, but you know, it was a high one. He had to really jump for it. And yes, he probably should have came down with it, but you know, he could have put that one lower. He was wide open. He fumbled one time, but trying to make a run. He's got to hold on to the ball better, but his accuracy in the red zone astounded me. He was putting these balls in the tightest spots. And you could tell the guy's not that fast, but he was just rolling out of the pocket and making plays. There's one play where he, he throws a ball right on the edge of the end zone. And the guy makes like a Santonio Holmes toe tap catch. He was making plays for these guys. He was just so impressive. 
his accuracy just blows me away. I don't think his throw power will ever be anything crazy where he's going to be like this great NFL quarterback. I could see him being like an Alex Smith type quarterback, which I know is such like a typical comparison to make for like a game manager, but I could see that. I could see like a Jeff Garcia. He actually works with Jeff Garcia and Brad, um, uh, Brad Gatowski or Gatowski or whatever his Gatowski. name is. I can't think of it right now. I really like him. He's my he is my sleeper pick for this year, and he is so just undervalued right now. I mean, I he just no not he doesn't even him. he doesn't even appear in a lot of draft boards. No, no, absolutely. And then, um, so what what round do you think he gets taken? It's so tough to say. Um, I think he deserves to be a fourth round. This is reasonable. Just the way kind of kind of coverage he's getting right now. It just depends. I think he will get uh, people will pay attention to him eventually, but he will get drafted. But fourth round is where about where I value him right. Now. Hopefully, you can get there for his sake. I hope so, man. I mean, it's always good to see people from the MAC doing well, especially we saw Kareem Hunt and Michael Roberts. Um, Kareem Hunt did a little better than Michael Roberts. Not that yeah, much. I mean, but um, we'll just see where he goes. I think he could, he could be a great. I think he'd be a great option as a backup quarterback, and I think that he could end up being a starter. But I think he would be a very good backup in the NFL. Which is, uh, and I think the best part is too. I mean, we just saw the Super Bowl champions win a championship with a backup quarterback. Exactly. Um, so it's always good to have a, a competence, like a, a high, like a high competency level at quarterback. So I, I love to see him go to like the Chiefs or something and learn underneath Andy Reid for a little bit. He'll be and, genius. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, move on eventually. Just be the backup quarterback for Patrick Mahomes, who you know he tends to run around a little bit. He could end up getting in there. Yeah, but uh, I think he would. I think that would be a good spot for him. Uh, yeah, I, agree. I, mean, I think. Um, I think with that too, um, he can slip into a lot of teams maybe unnoticed. That's probably on their fault though. Um, I was thinking maybe the Seahawks for him. Yeah, I mean yeah. he doesn't necessarily have the speed. They always try to get like a guy who can kind of fit the athleticism Russell Wilson for the offense, but I don't hate it. Um. So who? Let's go. Let's move on. Let's for uh, sake of time. Who's your next uh, quarterback? Rosalind is all. It is Patrick Mahomes' backup, actually, from Texas Tech. That was Nick. And also, by the way, when I pronounce his name, everyone fucking pronounce it wrong. So nobody better make fun of me because the three different announcers said it three different ways. Nick Shimonik from Texas Tech, uh, okay. 2017. He was a full-time starter, 67% completion rating, which is pretty good. Uh, 3,963 yards with 33 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. A little concern there with the picks. That's okay. When he was the backup for Patrick Mahomes, he, in a span of about four games, threw 38 for 58, 65.5%, 465 yards, 464 yards, six touchdowns, one interception. And then he's best viewed as more of an arm talent. He's definitely a project, but I think he's a project that teams can take their chances on. When I watched the film, he stood up very comfortably in the pocket and identified where he was going to throw. Uh, he really uses his stride to kind of keep the play alive, keep anything, anything the deep ball open. He takes a lot of his checks into, uh, into account. So, you know, quarterbacks kind of do their checks to kind of keep the defense honest. It's like, okay, he's checking here, here, and here. He actually, when I watch the tape, he thoroughly checks everything, make sure there's an open window, make sure mm. when the open window comes in. He can really read 
he so what it is he was was he was having a little trouble reading some safeties like he couldn't read a hanging safety which i mm-hmm. guess is on the safeties part though but when i was watching him with some of his throws he could read if the safety was going to come in on his tight end or something and he audible he like he very obviously audible to the uh, like his third check like if his yeah. tight end was his fourth check he could identify the before like before the play even really broke down he could identify that the safety was going to come in on his tight end, and he kind of made it known that he was going to go with the third check. And so mm-hmm. and I thought it was really impressive, by the way. Um, he's coming in the pocket. He takes the time he needs. Now let's go to his cons. He is horribly inconsistent. He is just dra- – he got benched for it. He literally got benched for it. Um, I don't like – I'm not a fan of his release. It's a little slow. It's a little sloppy. It's kind of like when you put your hand in applesauce. Kind of like mm. bring it back mm. out. It's not great. It looks a little sloppy. He's another guy who doesn't slide. I don't know if he just tries to like run, but when I look at him, he just doesn't. He'll just like he'll do like almost anything to not slide. Yeah, he'll fall down. He's like just slide, just slide. Like this is not that hard. Um, and the worst part is, for as much pocket comfortable as comfortable as he is in the pocket, what I noticed the worst was that he does not identify a defensive end or a linebacker coming at him. He stands there like a fucking deer in the headlights. But he doesn't even know where the headlights are. He he'll get wrecked like that. So and which is a huge problem in the NFL. But um, also too, so I had to get hanging by the safeties. The reason why I have him as a sleeper though is because he proven that he can play competent, competitive big boy ball. I know it's the Big Twelve, um, but I think he can utilize his checks to identify windows properly and kind of hang off. The, so his problem with the hanging safeties, he can probably address that and fix that with some proper film work and NFL coaches. Because when you get the NFL coaches, you're getting the best of the best, and they're going to help you identify your flaws, especially if it's like a film room or just kind of a read flaw. I think that's perfect. And I think he's going to get better at identifying blitz rushes through that and linebackers coming off the edge. Uh, I think he can really utilize that, coinciding with the right coach, of course. But what was really interesting was that I have a stat right here. I'm going to pull it up. Um, so he was 135 on deep balls, he has a hundred. He had a hundred thirty-five point four passer rating on deep passes. Mm-hmm. I think that could just. And I'm not saying this guy is going to be amazing. I think at best he's going to be a competent backup. But I think with the right system, he could really flourish into like a traveling backup and could make some serious money. Yeah, but nothing crazy about the guy. I like him because he could really draw plays. Uh, his deep pass was obviously good. Nothing too crazy about him. Just a fan. Yeah, I mean, which is something you want out of a backup quarterback. You want a guy who's smart and knows what you're doing. I mean, granted, he played in that Texas Tech system, which is not even compared to an NFL system. So he's going to have a lot of learning to do when he comes to the NFL. But a lot of those, a lot of those recognitions do do sound like he is going to be smart enough to pick up an NFL system if he gets a chance. But just the fact that I saw him like point out, like he, you saw him going through his checks, and he could point out the safeties and. He could mm-hmm. really read a defense very well. I mean, it, but like just of his problems, I think they're they're very fixable at a base level. Yeah, like reading a hanging safety, an NFL coach can work on that. A guy like Andy Reid can show him the way. Yeah, it but really that, help him out. That throwing motion is going to be a problem. He's going to figure out. He's going to have. And the worst part is about a throwing motion. It's like you really can't fix it at this point. It's like you can't fix your throwing motion. I mean, you can. You can shorten it up a little bit, but it's yeah. definitely but not something you want. He's a tall, he's a tall lanky guy, so it's like yeah. – you don't, And that's the worst part, that you don't know if it's going to be – if he uses like a lot of momentum. But anyway, I see him, him more of like a four- to seventh-round guy. 
Um, he could easily be a uh, undrafted free agent, but I I like him as a project with that deep ball passer rating. I mm-hmm. think something to just really behold, especially if you can get that within the right system and work with it. I think you can really get him a good solid backup. And I know it's not a sexy thing. Like I'm not finding you diamond in the rough. I'm just finding a competent guy that people might might not be looking at. I, I think he could start a couple of games too. I think he could mm-hmm. eventually. He has a size. He's about six four. All right. So. My guy that I want to talk to you about a little bit is Kyle Allen. Excited. So Kyle Allen, he's the opposite of kind of like what you were talking about, where like, oh, he, I think he can develop as a backup. I think Kyle Allen, he's all or nothing. Either Kyle Allen figures it out and becomes an NFL starter, or he never plays football again. Uh, really? Hmm. So the thing with Kyle Allen is – he has been so highly tied his entire life. He was a number one high school quarterback prospect coming out of college originally. Was supposed to come out and replace Johnny Manziel. Got beat out by Kenny Hill. Uh, and he eventually came in and got, got the job uh, from Kenny Hill. And he came in as a freshman and beat number three Auburn. Uh, when Texas A&M was unranked, 277 yards, four touchdowns, an interception, put him into the put Texas A&M to the top 25. I mean, his career started good. I mean, he was such a highly touted guy, and he was played really well as a as a freshman. In his sophomore year, he ended up getting the starting job when Kenny Hill transferred away, and he led. Uh, he led them to a 5-0 start and led the SEC in passing efficiency. But – and that's where every, everything went downhill for him. He went up and played Alabama. He three pick sixes in one game. And then he went went uh, 12 of 34 for 88 yards versus Ole Miss and lost his job to freshman Kyler and Murray. Uh, it later came out that he hurt his throwing shoulder versus Alabama, and he just never got that job back, transferred to Houston this year. And, man, I just think that really killed his confidence, and that's so big with quarterbacks is you have to be a confident player, and if you don't have that, you may never recover. He transferred to Houston. I was thinking this is this is his chance. This is his chance to make – a comeback with a very good Houston team that like they have been good the last couple of years. Came, offense too, yeah. yeah. Great offense. I really thought this was his chance. Um, he came in there and went in one game, went and got a 93.9 completion percentage in a game, which is insane. Like granted it was versus right, but still, like, yeah, but like that's, I mean, like that, it can't even play that into like effect. It's not like it's like, oh, he scored eight touchdowns. Like, yeah, it's right. But like that, no, that's like a placement percentage. That's huge. Go on. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, that completion percentage broke, it broke a record for Houston. Yeah. And that's just incredible. He threw 309 yards and two touchdowns. But ver- that versus Arizona, he had, you know, he has 78.1% completion rate, 225 yards, a touchdown, but two interceptions. Mm-hmm. Then he came out and had a bad game against Texas Tech, 217 yards, 
one touchdown, two picks with a 61.5 completion percentage. Like, yes, these aren't good, but these like weren't so bad. And then he lost his job. They all you threw four picks in the last three games. You lost your job and he's never got it back. And then he came and after that he declared for the for college, which I mean declared for the NFL, which I have no idea what he's doing. What doing doing that? Like why you declare after being benched? He he could he graduated already. He could have gone anywhere. I think it was an awful decision. But you know what? He's shown signs of being a great quarterback. He has all the intangibles. When I watch him play, he can make all those NFL throws when he when he wants to. Some of those times, I watch his throws and they just look incredible. But other times, he's just he doesn't have any confidence out there. I mean. I don't know what he'll become. He he needs to shorten up his uh, throwing motion a little bit. It can take a little bit too long, but it's not bad. It's just not where you want it to be. Right. He has, right. He has all this talent to be this great quarterback, and he just never shown it. He should have came out, went to a new college, gave it one more shot, but, I mean – he's really shown signs of what of a great quarterback and yes i know that he's he's not the perfect pick but i think he's worth a shot in the dark i mean he came off so hot straight from high school even he has the record for uh as well in the army bowl game for all americans for uh passing that senior bowl game yeah yeah, for yeah, when well the high school kids out, he has the passing yard yeah. records, 181 yards, and that's where he's sharing a ton of time. Like he really can be something, but the fact that he's just never got this job and always finds a way to fuck things up for himself, it worries me. But right, I mean, you also just said that he is a either he's a starter or he's just fucking nothing. How do you think an NFL team would handle that, you know, his propensity and uh, capabilities? Because it's like, if, you know, they can identify that, they might just be like, well, why the fuck would we take him if he's not going to be a good backup? Or, yeah. Like, where do you think he fits in and how do you think he would break out to be a starter? I think, first of all, draft wise, I think best case scenario is a seventh round pick. Yeah. Teams aren't trying to waste draft picks, they're not going to just pick him in the, the sixth round to. You know, because he has potential, like, and he's never shown it, really. He's shown it, yes, but, like, not, like, consistently. They may take him a seventh-round pick. I think a lot of teams are going to be – he's going to be one of the first calls as an undrafted free agent. Just but because of, yeah. Who he is. Some quarterbacks are going to be like, I can make I can make it work for this guy. I, I can fix this guy. That's how everybody thinks they can fix everybody. But we'll see. It's probably a QB coach's dream, though, you got to think. Yeah, for sure. Um, but – Confidence is big, but where I see him fitting in, that's tough. He needs to be in a situation where he has zero intention on him starting. Uh, I mean, this is the situation where you always just say Bruce Arians, but he's gone now. Um, Got the win, then. I mean, you know, I've talked about it, right? Chiefs could be something. Eagles could be something that Andy Reid, West Coast – player i could easily see him fitting that role yeah um let the guy develop i mean yeah go maybe go to new england 
That'd be pretty cool. And then, I mean, you, I mean, where he's going to have to shine is where he just knows he's not the starter and he'll just have to not fuck up in preseason. Yeah. I mean, he's literally the opposite of Logan Woodside, who I just talked about before. Yeah. I mean, Logan Woodside had to earn everything he was got. Not that this guy didn't, but Logan Woodside ha- was never the recognizable guy. I heard stuff about him. Just his neighbors could hear him like throwing the football against the side of the house like all day. He just did everything he could to get in place. He had that. He talks about how he has this like Tom Brady mentality where he's just he he wants to be the best kind of thing, and he's just the underdog. And he has, and no matter how many times he's lost his job, which is a lot, he's had a he's had to lose his job and get it back, even though he's played well. All these bullshit things. He always comes back and is just positive as he can about it and gets it. This guy, one thing goes wrong, he doesn't know how to handle it. He has all the talent in the world. He implodes. Yeah, he has all the talent in the world, but mentally he's weak. And, you know, I like a lot of things I've seen with with Allen, but. It's got a good highlight reel. When you when you watch it, it looks. I think my favorite thing about uh, Allen is that he is a he is a pro style quarterback through and through. He's been a pro style quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, so from when he started, that was a big thing for me. Cause I like, mean, he, you know, yeah, I mean, he went to Houston, which is not pro style. He can he can be. He has all the talent to be, but like he I definitely think he, he very much can mold into. Like I think he's a pro style yeah. at heart, though. Yeah, know, I agree. Just watching his high school highlights and everything, mm-hmm. um, and he was recruited as he was a, a pro style. High school. But, yeah. He's a freak now. Um, so I don't know. I I like him a lot as like a talent, but just like I said, I do not see him being a backup. Maybe eventually. I mean, for the start, there's no way he's stepping in and being a starter. But he's not a long time NFL backup. He is either going to figure it out or never play football. Like it's it's not going to be any other way in my mind. Saying he gets signed to a team too, like he has a limited window. Like I would say, like his his clock is ticking if he even gets signed to a practice squad. Because then it's like, because you have that like that fucking you you are you're in that shithole cycle. Because even if like if a backup in the NFL gets hurt, I'm sorry, I feel like if a starter in the NFL gets hurt, they don't usually bring up the practice squad guy. They'll usually go to sign another guy for one year. Mm-hmm. So like you have to make it as a backup now and prove in preseason that you deserve to be there. So you, when you get those calls, man, you have to choose wisely. Yeah. He's going to have yeah. to choose because he's going to get calls, but he's going to have to choose wisely. I would say Drew Brees. Ooh. The Saints. The Saints. The Saints. I like that. Sean Payton's a great is a great yeah. It makes no sense here, but I think Andy Reid is thinking about it down the Makes street. no sense for either one of them, John. Uh, makes no sense for either one of them. It makes no sense. If you're not going to re-sign Alex Smith, it makes perfect sense. And no second-round pick. You definitely need a receiver to help out Alex Smith. You don't think like Andy Reid did. See, this is why we're here.